Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. About 20, no, excuse me, about 15 minutes away from the first tip of the Missouri State Bears basketball game versus BYU in Provo, Utah. But we are all football tonight. We will be updating the listeners as the game goes along. Blaine, Johnny, back to join me for the NFL Week 11 it is really winding down here. Uh, I don't know if it's winding down, but it is kind of reaching the peak, and we're getting ready to get on the downhill slide here as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Awesome matchups to talk about this week, in my opinion. Four teams on a bye. Look, listen to this little nugget I told the boys earlier. The whole state of Florida on a bye. Miami, Jacksonville, and Tampa all on a bye, and you add in the Seahawks. So a little bit of a lighter slate. Excited for this slate, though. I do think there are some really good games. Before we get into that, let's talk to Blaine and Johnny. We'll start with Johnny. Johnny, how are we, brother? Chandler, I'm doing well. So happy to be on the Figure It Out podcast and looking forward to talking about the slate with you guys. I cannot believe we're 11 weeks into the season. I mean, we've talked about 11 slates, and we've got certainly more to talk about, but uh, – you know, it's it, like Blaine was saying last week, like I sometimes find myself like, oh, man, we've only got so much more football left. No, let's flip the mindset and just enjoy what we have right now. And we've got a hell of a slate. Um, we're, we're, we're to the point of the year where weather is certainly playing a factor in these games. And when, when we get to this Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns game, uh, we'll, we'll certainly tackle that kind of stuff. But just glancing at the slate this afternoon, there's definitely some dogs that I like. So some money line dogs that I'm going to want to talk about and uh stick around and listen we'll we'll break that down for you guys pumped before, to be here Chandler before we hear from Blaine Johnny you were telling us before we hopped on here that you've been on full dad duty maybe just give the listeners a little bit of an insight as to what that means um because for me and Blaine we don't know Yeah, this wonderful thing uh, about being a dad I love being a dad but uh, my son is teething um, he is just over one year old and, uh, he had to come home from daycare today because he had 103 degree temperature. It's just typical, um, when, when they are teething. And so, yeah, I had to go pick him up and pull a full dad day. I had to be Mr. Mom and he didn't want to, if he wasn't being held by me up against my chest, uh, he was just crying. And so I've had a baby strapped to my chest all day and, uh, now, I do have the bragging rights over you two because you don't have kids um, that I have had confirmed intercourse with a female once. And so you both don't have that proof. So to me, um, you know, kudos to me for taking the time to do a podcast with a couple of virgins. But uh, yeah, it was dad <laughs> duty all day today. That is very true. Great point. Blaine, how are you, brother? I mean, I live with a very beautiful woman who I call my fiance. But if you want to go there, then yeah, I'm I'm not going to give you proof until one, and you, you might have to wait a handful of years. But um, I I changed my table. I thought I'm usually you can't see me in the video here in the figured out pod, but I brought a table in from the garage, put it in my basement just so I have a view of Bears basketball here in 15 minutes while we have this podcast. So I'm really excited for Bears basketball, but. This slate is fun, man. I got I got some takes, and Chandler, you're going to hear it from me today, and you know why. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because I cannot wait to rebuttal because at the end of the day, I still you, think I'm right. 
Okay. And um, before we hop into the week 11 slate, let's go over our week 10 takeaway from each one of us. Um, let's start with Blaine. I think you, uh, I think you can start this week. Yeah, so and I, I wonder what I, I wonder what it is, Chandler. I th- I, I think I it's that the Vikings are yeah they're a top five team in football. I'm a oh. genius. I've told you for eleven weeks now. It's now eleven weeks in, and you now realize what I've been saying. Chandler, on the other hand, is never going to get. I mean, the Vikings win the Super Bowl. He's still going to say they suck. Not going <laughs> to happen. But um, yeah, they're they're real. The Bills have some problems. Um, the Cowboys have some problem. A lot of these teams in the NFC, you're still trying to see come through. And even in the AFC, I mean, the Dolphins have worked their way up to the top three in the AFC. I don't know if I believe in that. There's just, there's so much shakeup at week 11 that I did not think was going to happen at week per se, eight to seven. You know, I thought it was pretty set back then and now it's not set at all. At least for a lot of fun, especially with the Chiefs being at the one seed right now. Yeah, absolutely, Johnny. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go here for my week ten takeaway. Uh, my week ten takeaway is that I truly believe in all of my heart that, and this, you know, might get some flack from the listeners for this who aren't a part of the Chiefs kingdom. But through ten weeks, I think this Kansas City Chiefs team is the most complete team in football. Um, I think that the quarterback is the best quarterback that the sport has ever seen. I think this, that this defense is playing with a confidence that this this franchise has not seen in the Patrick Mahomes era. And right now, this Chiefs, uh, the remaining schedule is one of the easiest um, in the NFL and in and, and, and complete contrast to the first eight weeks, which is one of the most difficult and historically difficult schedule. And the Chiefs are through it at seven and two. Um, and, and the sky is really, really the limit here. No pun intended. Shout out sky more for this chiefs team moving forward. The chiefs are the most well-rounded team in the NFL through 10 weeks. Johnny, what's your takeaway? So this is going to be kind of out there. But I don't think it's that out there. Um, <clears throat> my takeaway is that Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver I've ever seen. Yeah, like more than Tyreek Hill. I I've messaged you guys quite frequently about how much I I love the wide receiver position, but I love one-handed catches. The catch that DeAndre Hopkins had a couple of weeks ago in the end zone when he caught a one-handed touchdown, I in the moment said like. That's a top five play I've ever seen. I'm serious. I, I Catching the ball one-handed is absurd. The catch that Justin Jefferson had against the Bills, all things considered, is the best catch I've ever seen. Mo- better, in my opinion, than the Odell Beckham Jr. catch, which is an amazing catch. Uh, Justin Jefferson's fourth and 18 I mean, guys, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. And it's leading me to now believe um, I I think Tyreek Hill is amazing. I really do. And I'm not really trying to talk shit on anybody. In my opinion, the best receiver in football is Justin Jefferson. And just from what I have seen over my years of watching football, um, I think he's the best wide receiver that I've ever seen. So kind of a hot take, but I, 
JJ Rock. No, not really a uh, not really a hot take. And honestly, Blaine should be honestly he should Venmo Justin Jefferson a couple dollars because I should without, yeah. With without him, uh, we're having a much different conversation about the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this week, let's get into Week Eleven. We start with Thursday night football. If you're listening to this tonight, the Tennessee Titans play at the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay coming off a huge win against Dallas, a season saving victory over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon at Lambeau Field. Um, this Green Bay team did enough to win at the end of the day, and really Rodgers kind of put the team on his back here. Um, he was very frustrated in uh, the end of regulation uh, with his head coach, Matt LaFleur, which rightfully so. I think it was third and four, I believe. And if you knew it was two down territory, why do you pass it two times in a row? I did not understand that at all, especially with the way that Aaron Jones had been running all day. Um, but Green Bay uh, seems like they kind of turned their season around. And in my opinion, the home team on a short week on a Thursday night has the advantage here. Now, speaking of the Titans, the Titans super banged up, already ruled out four guys for tomorrow night. Um, saw it earlier on ESPN. I, I know that um, Bud Dupree was one of them, and I believe Malik Hooker, I believe their safety was one of them as well. I don't remember the other two, but those are two big defensive key pieces that they don't have. Didn't have them last week either. Got a win against Denver, but we know Denver struggles. Green Bay's offense, better quarterback. I like the Packers here, Johnny. We'll start with you. I like Tennessee, Chandler. Um, so just, just to set the stage, too, and I think it would be good for us to do this, not for every game, but but certainly some of them, and wet, weather. Weather plays a factor in, in Green Bay. It's, it's supposed to be about 25 degrees at kickoff, mostly clear skies and winds of maybe up to 10 miles an hour. So really not that – just pretty good conditions for, for this time of year. But if you watched that Cowboy game – uh, the Cowboys completely pissed the game away. They they should have beaten Green Bay. My opinion of Green Bay has not changed at all. Um, and and I think this is an opportunity for Derrick Henry to just like go off like a, a short week. Yes, Green Bay's gets to stay home, but they you know had a slugfest against the Cowboys, and they're going to have a short week to recover. And now they got to face a first ballot Hall of Famer freak show, uh, Derrick Henry. So. You know, uh, one of the heavily scrutinized calls in that Cowboy-Packer game uh, came when the Cowboys went for it on fourth down um, in in overtime. And I liked the I liked that they went for it. What I Me didn't too. understand was that was I didn't understand why they didn't run the ball on third down. If they knew they were going to go for it on fourth down, they should have ran the ball on third down. And Tony Pollard, not a very big back, certainly a talented back. Um, much better than Zeke. Tony Pollard was getting over five yards a carry. I just think that kind of information really bodes well for Derrick Henry in this spot. And so plus three and a half, I just, I like that. I really like Tennessee plus 165 on the money line. I, I mentioned this before um, that we, we got into these games and I like a lot of dogs this week. And And usually, you know, I don't like to, throw the, the, the point spread on there. I kind of just like to find the, the, the dogs and, and I like them plus 165 here. Um, but, you know, Thursday gets weird, guys. Blaine, what do you think? Yeah, it gets weird. And we're talking about 
Tennessee's injury report, right? I mean, they have a lot of guys. I mean, Bud Dupree's not going to play. But if you look back before Cowboys game, we were talking about Gary for the Packers, their best defensive lineman. He's not going to play still. Um, Romeo Dobbs still, but Christian Watson came to the scene for the first time of the year. I just don't know that Green Bay can put up that amount of level of offense. They haven't done it all year. They did it one night against McCarthy in a game that was huge and a game they had to win. I mean, and here comes Rodgers again, and they're favored by three and a half. Why? Just because of last week? Well, let's look at the last 10 before that, and they were not good. I'm not going to take last week as a mark to bet this game. I'm going to take the 10 weeks before. The Titans are better. Both teams are a little banged up, and um, I, I just really think Tennessee can oppose their will more than Green Bay can Thursday night, tonight. Let, let me hop in real quick, too, before it gets back to Chandler. Just I wanted to say I agree with Blaine. What, what did Green Bay do offensively to get themselves going? They've been just running the shit out of the football. What does Tennessee do, regardless, better than just about every team in the league, is that they stop the run. And so, like, you know, the, Green Bay has been having to gash opponents on the ground to open up their passing game. I think this, I think this whole thing plays right into Tennessee's lap. Yeah, but if it's no Dupree and Jeffrey Simmons is questionable, then that brings a lot of trouble. Obviously, those are the two best defensive linemen for Tennessee. That's something to really watch. Can Simmons get healthy for tonight to play? Then, then you take Tennessee. If he's not, I'd probably stay away. Yeah, um, it should be a, it could be one of the best Thursday night games since Chiefs Chargers, in my opinion. Um, I think these two teams are very interesting. Let's move to Sunday. The Chicago Bears travel south to take on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta um, at noon central time. Interesting game here. The Bears, man, um, in terms of where they want to draft and, and what they uh, what they want to do moving forward plus Justin Fields' performance, I think Sunday was a great, great result for the Bears. Obviously, you want to win every single game, but they're doing things offensively that makes them look, you know, not as inept as we thought they were seven, eight weeks ago. This Bears team is kind of frisky, but I don't trust their defense, and and it's it's an interesting time right now for the Chicago Bears. On the Atlanta side, we uh, as we've already alluded to, Thursdays get really weird. The Falcons played the Panthers two weeks prior to their matchup on Thursday night. Um, bad weather in Carolina. Mariota looked like, uh, really, honestly, saying it nicely, looked like an idiot out there. I look for them maybe to get back on track here a little bit. Atlanta minus three at home. I really kind of like that. I I I think that Atlanta pulls this one out. Um, but I think if I was betting, I might take Bears plus three because I could see this being like an Atlanta last second field goal game and for a push or or even to win by two or one point. So I'm gonna take the Falcons. Um, I think they can do just enough offensively with Cordero. Um, the Bears defense, I just still I I it's not that good. Give up 31 points to the Lions. Um, yeah. I think you got to take that into account. I'll take the Falcons here, uh, minus three. Blaine? Yeah, but the Bears have been able to score because Justin Fields has been really good, and he's not not been really good for how many weeks now? I mean, if he continues to do what he's doing, 
I mean, the Falcons haven't seen anything like him since, I mean, what, Joe Burrow beat him by 20? Um, that's, I mean, that's the last time they saw somebody with that capability. I, there was a fire sale in Atlanta about Marcus Mariota after they lost to the Panthers. And the owner of the Falcons had to come out and say, calm down. We lost a football game. We lost two straight. We're still okay. And I don't think that's just going to get resolved. I don't think Mariota is going to come out and just be, you know, a God here in this game. Now, the Bears defense isn't worth anything, but I but I, I still believe, you know, Justin Fields has got my vote more than Mariota does in this ball game. And that if the Bears can continue to score and Fields can be, God, one of the fastest players I think I might have ever seen on a football field. <laughs> that yeah, guy is crazy. unreal. I, I, I would love to take the Bears with the points here. I I, I think I'm going to go. Yeah, I like Bears money line, plus 145. Um, in the last two games, yeah, that Miami and, and Detroit. Detroit and Miami are much better offenses than Atlanta. Um, <clears throat> and so I think the Bears can just outscore them. I, I, Atlanta has looked terrible uh, as of late. They looked terrible in uh, that Thursday night game. And, yeah, I just – I don't like them in this spot here. Uh, what I – what stat that I really like is that uh, Justin Fields has – he's been rushing more lately, even on, like, <clears throat> designed runs. And so they obviously – Eberflus and his staff saw something on film uh, that they wanted to kind of change things up in that offense. And so – I can't remember that Bears offensive coordinator. We've talked about him a lot. But um, anyways, since here's how how many rushing attempts Justin Fields has had over his last five games as it's gone game by game. 12, 14, 8, 15, 13. The Falcons rank 30th in the NFL uh, in defensive DVOA. And so I just think that this is a, a spot for the Bears to just win outright. So uh, I'll take them plus 145. If you're playing daily fantasy, I think David Montgomery would be a good guy to put into your lineup. Khalil Herbert, who has been getting a lot of carries, was put on IR for the Bears. Yeah, it's a good point to uh, to bring up, especially because I really do like Khalil Herbert. I forgot about that, Johnny. Great call. Moving forward, Cleveland goes to Buffalo in a game we've already kind of alluded to. Speaking of weather, um, Buffalo expected to get an absolute monsoon, if you will, of snow. I think you can upgrade it past Blizzard with what they're talking about, the amount of snow they're going to get in upstate New York this weekend. Um, And a game that, without the weather, I think Buffalo would murder them. But with the snow, I think this game lines up very well for uh, the Cleveland Browns because I think they're going to run it about 50 times with two really, really good running backs. Um, Buffalo cannot run the football, guys, um, and it's really kind of great to see um, because they they seem to just really be inept when it comes to running the football with a running back. If it's not Josh Allen, they can't figure it out on the ground. Um and, and this team is relying so heavily. And you know what? I don't really know that I understand why, like, the Chiefs rely so much on Patrick Mahomes, but it almost seems different um, when you talk about this Buffalo team and their reliance on Josh Allen. Um, and it, it's it's affected them in the games that they've lost. Uh, the Jets game, they had to rely on him so much, and he made big, crucial mistakes that cost them that football game. 
and then against the Vikings. Um, they could not put the Vikings away, and the Vikings hung around and ended up winning that game, and it really came down to Josh Allen's crucial mistakes late in that game as well. Um, that first interception to Patrick Peterson where he's rolling right, the one before overtime, was just a horrific decision. I mean, awful, awful decision. Threw it right to Patrick Peterson, and that really kind of changed the game and turned the game into what eventually became a Vikings win. Um, and on the flip side, Cleveland, man, their defense is not very good. I know they went up against Miami, who has a pretty damn good offense, but whew, it's it's not good in terms of stopping the run or stopping the pass. This week, obviously, I've already alluded to the run game. Um, I like Cleveland plus eight, especially with the weather. Um, I look for this to be a pretty damn close game, and, and I'm going to take Cleveland with the points, but I think Buffalo will find a way to win this game, Johnny. Well, I think before I go, Chandler, you should share your – I mean, you have some pretty serious thoughts about Josh Allen and the Bills that have surfaced over the last week or so, right? Yeah, I hate them. Um, I hate Buffalo, and I hate Josh <laughs> Allen. Um, I used to try and, like, you know, I used I, – I really just kind of – figured out that I need to speaking of no pun intended figure it out um this podcast we try to give respect where it's due and I just need to start buying into how much I hate Buffalo because they're the Chiefs biggest rival so yeah so I left it on the record I do hate Buffalo and I do hate Josh Allen now not as much as I hate Kirk Cousins though I'll say that well said uh if you're looking here on Twitter the the weather is 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 pretty serious I don't know if there's any plans to move the game or not, but if this game's in Buffalo, there's going to be snow everywhere. Uh, turn on the TV, look at the highlights of this Western Michigan football game that's going on, and you'll see um, exactly what we should expect, if not worse, uh, going into uh, Sunday. And keep in mind, this snow that is supposed to happen is between tomorrow, or I guess when you're listening to this, Thursday, uh, and the game on Sunday. And, and this New York forecast, I'm looking at a picture right now. If you look at the surrounding um, places around Buffalo, some places, Rochester, 3.3 inches. Dansville, 4.2 inches of snow. Jamestown, 11.2 inches of, of snow. Buffalo literally says 31.1 inches of snow. Um, it's going to be a huge factor in this game. And for a, a, a team that can run I think this really sets up well I really don't think I have the stones to take Cleveland plus 285 here come on I want to I really want to though Blaine I I'm gonna have to see how the weather plays out and if I see that line like maybe move down from eight to seven I would just I, I would jump on the money line I Maybe you can talk me into this. Part of me really wants to bet this money line on the Browns. I, as 21 Savage said, so what? Pussy. <laughs> take <laughs> it, man. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take I just, I, 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 I think really, I should. Why would I have any belief in the Buffalo Bills right now? Current situation, you lose two straight, and you get a team that can run the shit out of football. You can't, and you're telling me there's going to be six feet of snow. I mean, not don't think so much about it. Now, I'm not sure what the forecast is going to be on Sunday because this front is supposed to end Saturday to Sunday night somewhere, and you never know what it's going to look like as far as the weather. We know well in Missouri that you can't predict anything. But, I mean, if there is winds of 30 mile an hour and there are six feet of snow and it's still snowing and brutal, 
why would you not take Chubb and Hunt uh, against a Buffalo Bills defense that Sean. is good, is good, but I mean, Josh Allen's got to run the ball three times for Buffalo to win this game, and he might. But I'm not putting my money on that. I'm not putting my money on the guy who leads the league in interceptions in a snow 30-mile-an-hour 30, 30 wind fest either. I mean, I'm just all over the Browns here, and it's pretty simple to me. I'm not thinking too much about it. And it's, it has no hatred involved. I, I I think you see you can see the Browns against the Bengals. You can see the Browns only gave up 23 to the Ravens. Browns gave up 66 yards on 18 carries to the Ravens, who – do best at running the football. I mean, if, if Josh Allen can't throw, this is going to be a low-scoring fest, and you have got to be saying something miraculous for me not to bet this 8.5. And, and for anybody that's ever dealt with an injury like Josh Allen's dealing with, the weather is not your friend, and especially not cold weather. Um, everything hurts a lot more, um, and it's going to be a lot more difficult to get loose on the sideline too, I'll say that. Johnny, you have something? Uh, yeah, real quick, and then Blaine is—is is Cleveland healthy? Like, I, you know, is Clowney playing? Garrett is Denzel Ward back? Like, all that stuff. I, I, I really, I want to really like this plus two eighty-five. I, I don't want to bet the points. Like, I, if I'm going to bet on this, I want to bet Browns to win. I, I don't know why though. Something feels like Vegas, like Vegas wants me to do that. So, yeah. I, but 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 Vegas can't predict like with weather like this. So like I, maybe it is like let's just take Brown's money line, buckle up, and let's just fucking ride this. Yeah, last week definitely hurt. Obviously, this line when I mean, you get blown out by Miami, you're you know this this line could be one or two but it's it's eight because of last week but i mean you look at the two weeks past ravens by they ravens beat the browns by 3 and then the browns beat the bengals by 20 i mean i think it's going to be close browns are healthy by the way too johnny philadelphia jordan Poyer, is jordan poyer going to play sorry chandler is like like is if i don't think jordan poyer is going to play dalvin cook ran all over right. the bills i mean Okay, yeah, we can move on. I think I'm. I think I've made my decision. But this Buffalo? is a game I'm watching. I mean, this is going to be awesome. If you're getting, it's winter in Missouri now, and if you want to watch a winter football game, man, I mean, pour the fireball, take a shot of it. Yeah, it's almost like Buffalo has done so much for this roster to stop the Chiefs, and they have figured out that they have to stop other teams in the process, or you're not going to play the Chiefs. Um, and they can't stop the run either. They can't run it. They can't stop it. Philadelphia, a team that can't stop the run very well right now, travels to take on the Indianapolis Colts, who are 1-0 and under head coach Jeff Saturday after their win over the Raiders. Ha, ha, ha. I hate the Raiders, too. They stink. What a win for the Indianapolis Colts to go on the road in Jeff Saturday's debut. Um, kind of shut the haters up, in my opinion. I don't mind the hiring of Jeff Saturday. Say what you want. We won't get into it, all that politics bullshit. But um, this Colts team may have a little fire under their ass with their with this the all-time Indianapolis Colts center um, at the helm now. And Philadelphia, um, th- some, some missed calls. We know that on Monday Night Football against the Commanders. But come on. You lose by your 11 point favorites at home and you lose by 11. At, at what point do you stop saying and blaming the officials? Um, in my opinion, Philadelphia just got flat out beat on Monday night against the commanders um, in an absolute 
I don't know. I've never seen Vegas do that, in my opinion. A divisional game, I mean, I understand that Philly was undefeated, but 11 was just too many points. If I was a betting man, I would have been all over Commanders plus 11, um, regardless of the outcome. But I unfortunately think that this could be a decent bounce-back spot for the Eagles. Um, what What's the line here? Did we – Seven. Go- Okay, the line is seven, minus seven for the Eagles on the road. I think that's a little too high as well. Um, Philadelphia cannot stop the run without uh, Jordan Davis. I was listening to a a competing podcast today, the Pat McAfee show. They had Taylor Heineke on, um, and he was alluding to they were were watching film um, all week on the Eagles, obviously, and Jordan Davis playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Opposing teams had rushing – 2.2 2.2 yards per rush attempt. Without him, it was up over five. And I think wow. if I remember correctly what he said, it was like six. And you could see that the commanders wanted to utilize the run big time, and they did. Brian Robinson, um, and they even got Antonio Gibson involved, which they hadn't done all year, which I also don't know why, but they did. And they ended up winning that game. I think the Colts can run the football on this team, and they have a better running back than both yep. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. It's a tough spot for the Eagles here, having to turn around and go on the road and defend um, what they they claim to be the best team in the NFC right now. Um, I'm going to take the Colts plus seven, but I will take the Philadelphia Eagles to win this football game outright. I think that's the smarter call. But look for Indy to keep this one close. Matt Ryan, maybe a little resurgence, different play calling. Um, what do you got for me, Blaine? Yeah, Colts front is, you know, pretty comparable to the commanders. They both have good fronts. But the thing here, you know, you said it, uh, Jack Leonard out for the year with that uh, back. That hurts. That hurts the Colts. They haven't had him all year, though. Like, they're used yeah. to it, kind of. I mean, yeah. They played, what, yeah. three games, maybe? I yeah, but you, yeah, if a game like this, you really want the guy. But yeah. in best case scenario, Saturday brings some energy and brings that win last week. Tickets are—I mean, you can get upper deck tickets for. I mean, the lowest you're getting is over a hundred bucks. I mean, Indy. I'm looking. I'm looking right here, Blaine. Sorry to cut you off. Tickets as low as 104 per four. ESPN.com. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Indy loved that win last week. That place is. I mean. I'm with you, Chandler. I love the Saturday hire because if you hire a Joe Blow from your staff, no one cares. You hire Saturday and you win a football game, everybody in that city is all bought in. They're bought yep. back in. It's a great hire. I don't get the I don't get the slash back. Um Miles Sanders didn't do anything. Eagles didn't do really anything offensively last week. Jalen Hurts showed a few. Um, I mean, through a bad long pick that that changed the first half. And if the Colts can make them make a few mistakes, which they haven't had to all year because they've led the entire game all year long, if the Colts can slow this thing down, I like to take the Colts here too. Now, the, the bad part about this is the Eagles could blow the Colts out because Matt Ryan is still the quarterback for the Colts, and he was really bad before last week, really bad. He happened to have an okay game, and if he's bad, this week, the Colts have no shot, and I think that's a real possibility. So I'm going to stay away from this game just because of the unknown of Matt Ryan. But, you know, for, for the football fan of me, I want the Colts to cover. I want this game to be fun. I want the Eagles to lose, frankly, and I want the the division um, to be really close there in the East. 
Yeah, um, <clears throat> I love the Colts plus seven here, actually. Um, I love the seven. That is such a tough building to play in. We've seen it as Chiefs fans all the time. This is going to be a tough environment uh, for the Eagles coming off of a loss to play in. And the Colts coming off of a win, yeah, that building's going to be rocking. I think they're going to have a lot of success running with Jonathan Taylor. It was obvious what Jeff Saturday wanted to do, get the ball to their most dynamic player. And we saw it. Taylor broke off a, a huge run. So I seven's way too many points. I love that right there. I do not have the balls to, to bet this plus 240 money line on the Colts side. Um, but, you know, I – like, this game has Colts special teams touchdown written all over it, like a blocked punt or or something like that written all over it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to think too hard about this one. Um, I, I, I was critical at the start of Jalen Hurts. I acknowledged he was playing really good football, and he he was – this is like a – if he plays really well here and they kick the Colts' ass, I will be very impressed. Yeah. I could see them struggling, though, and seven is way too many, so I'll take that. You make a great point. This is kind of a Jalen Hurts. I'm either all in or I'm questionable. This is the week. Good and the, and F- Philly, the Jordan Davis point was, was great, too. Philly is aware of those struggles – they signed veteran Linval Joseph. We all know he's been on a number of teams. Chargers um, were, were one of those teams. He's 34 years old. This will be his 13th season. You know, he's a veteran. He's not Jordan Davis, but, like, they're aware that you can run on them now, and that's where Jonathan Taylor could have a lot of success. Short scoring update. Bears playing with BYU 12 or eight minutes in. It's a close ball game. So uh, looking forward to that. But I love, no, thank you, Blaine, because I can't get it to damn low it on my I'm on, Xbox. I, my Xbox won't work. It won't work on my Xbox link. I have it on my phone here. My phone's going to die pretty soon. So if, if I go missing on the pod for five minutes, it's why. <laughs> nah, Blaine. Come on, Bears. You yeah, I know. On, Bears. Don't forget, too, one more point about this game. Jeff Saturday, first game in Lucas Oil. That place will be buzzing. You're New right. York Jets go on the road to take on the New England Patriots. Both teams coming off a bye, I believe. Um, and that doesn't bode well, I don't think, for the Jets at all. Um, I really like Johnny saying I, – I love – I'm going to really utilize Johnny's rule here. Um, how do you bet against Belichick here? I love this Jets defense. I really do. I think they're super good. But I got to be honest with myself and with my co-hosts and with the people – Zach Wilson just might not be very good. Um, I still cannot believe they beat the Bills, which shout out to the Jets for that. Awesome win for them. But at the end of the day, I think the Patriots can line up with their Mondre Stevenson and run this football. Um, now, I will say the Jets have a good – like I said, they have a great defense. I really like the way that they've been playing all year. Sauce Gardner is a dog. But I just don't think they can do enough on offense to stop or to, to score points against a Bill Belichick defense. I really don't, Johnny. Um, so I'm going to take New England here. Um, Jets, I, I forget what the number is, but they have been on an absolute losing streak against New England Patriots. It's actually unbelievable. I'm going Patriots all the way here. Yeah, I like New England too. Um, Zach Wilson is not good. Patriots won the earlier matchup on the road, 22-17 against these same Jets. Jets are a good story, um, but I 
I like New England here a lot. Uh, three is, I think, a pretty good number. Don't know if I have – there's a part of me that would want to move that line to two and a hook, but I, 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 I'm, I'll probably just leave it at the three. Over-unders, 37 and a half. Vegas thinks it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, you know, last time it was a 39-point total. So I, I, I will probably throw this game on the side TV – and if I'm going to bet it, it's just going to be the Patriots um, in this spot. And, yeah, like Bill Belichick versus Zach Wilson. I don't think I need to think any more than that. Now, here's here's my question, Mark, is mm-hmm. what is James Robinson going to look like for the Jets? Now, the Jets' offense obviously looks a little bit different. you got to rely on Carter, and then they picked up Robinson for a good reason. He's a great running back. And we saw Jaguars don't need him because ETN is really good. Patriots beat the Jets by, like you guys were talking about, by five the last time they played. That was just a handful of weeks ago. But the Jets have a little bit of an advantage here without knowing what their offense is going to look like because of Robinson. But I'm still going Belichick. Zach Wilson sucks. Double down on it, triple down on it, quadruple down on it. I don't want to bet on Zach Wilson for many weeks to come. Maybe next week when I play the Bears. But, um, yeah, this game might be – this game could be pretty fun, but I I think i got to go Patriots with you guys. Yeah, this is a great side TV game, Johnny. Really good call by you. I think we've reached our first stinky tag of the Week 11 slate here with the Los Angeles Rams going to the New Orleans Saints. This game should not be stinky, but it is. This game is wildly stinky. Um, I don't know Stafford's status. Um, and and the Saints announced today that they are sticking with Andy Dalton to Blaine's uh, dismay. Uh, I, and I tend to agree with Blaine, really, in terms of they should start Jameis because at least he gives some sort of excitement. Andy Dalton is just bland, man. He's just bland. And in a game where it might be uh, Andy Dalton versus John Wolford, um, I think the Rams last week honestly let the Cardinals off the mat a little bit. They had a chance to maybe try to get a little bit, uh, you know, their season a little bit back on track with the divisional win. Still couldn't do that. Um, We'll talk about the Cardinals here in a minute. But um, I'm going to take the Saints minus three and a half at home. I think that's a way safer. I think they line up with freaking Alvin Kamara and try to run it down their throat um, and maybe try to get Olave involved a little bit. But, man, it's going to be tough against the Rams secondary. I'll say that. But the Cardinals could do it. I think the I think the Saints can do it. I'm I'm going to stick with New Orleans here. I think they're the better team, and, and they're going to be fired up at the Superdome, Blaine. Yeah, last time I went against the Saints at home, I got burnt. I got to go with the Saints at home. They're they're just better at home. But, I mean, to your point, Jameis Winston, the last time New Orleans had any kind of momentum was when Jameis came back and beat the Falcons with that fourth-quarter miracle, had a hell of the last two drives, and now you just continue with Andy Dalton. I just I don't believe in the coaching staff in New Orleans with any bone in my body any bone in my body and it hurts but the rams suck man there's no other point to it i gotta go new orleans at home and i don't like doing it but just i mean Jameis is the right play and it pisses me off that he's not the quarterback of the same dude the rams stink johnny 
Yeah, both of these teams suck. I'm not going to bet this game. Um, I, like, genuinely dislike both of these teams because of their play on the field. The Rams cannot score. Uh, Matthew Stafford's wife went on her podcast this, this yesterday or the day before yesterday, and she was, like, in, she was in tears talking about him in concussions. And keep in mind, she's somebody who has survived a brain tumor. And it's like, how much more does Stafford have in the tank? Like, we've heard the rumors – You know, rumors, Coward says this all the time, rumors surface for a reason. Like if Chandler was trying to get traded to a team, right? Like Chandler, either if it's either Chandler's side that will leak the news or if the team wants to trade Chandler, the team like leaks some sort of news or whatever it is. The the news that McVay is going to retire after this nucleus of players, Stafford, Ramsey, uh, Aaron Donald cup. Like when these guys are done, McVay is going to retire. I don't think it goes beyond Stafford. I really don't because you see how bad this team is. And for the life of me, I don't understand their whole approach of, well, fuck them picks. Well, yes, it did work out for you last year. Flags fly forever. The banner will be there forever. You, you did it. But the next decade of the Rams to me looks really bad. Like, unless they make some changes. And so, you know, I'll take New Orleans. Uh, It'll probably be in a parlay. I'll throw New Orleans uh, money line into a parlay. But, like, you know, before the the year, we were like, ooh, Chiefs-Rams, that's going to be a big game. The Chiefs put the Rams next week, and they're going to slaughter the Rams. Yeah, um, especially if it's if it's Stafford. I don't even. It doesn't matter. But if it, if it's this John Walford guy, they just have absolutely no shot. And so, yeah, I'll just take I'll take the Saints. Like you know, it would have been cool to see Michael Thomas versus Jalen Ramsey, but he's out for the year. So I mean, it, I I don't know, man. This game stinks too. The Detroit Lions go on the road to take on the seven and two New York Giants. Did I say that right? I believe I did. The seven and two New York Football Giants. I can't believe that those words come out of my mouth, but they do here in this spot. Um, and I love the Giants here. The Lions are. I gotta figure out some word to describe the Lions because it isn't frisky, but it isn't shitty. It's like a mixture of the two, maybe a frishitty type of team here if that's a word maybe we'll use that for the lions a little for shitty here <laughs> shitty um i mean they get a win against the 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 bears and in their division with the packers struggles and the bears obviously struggling and and they're like in the hunt for second in their division in a weird weird way um but i don't think that they can handle the giants here i think the giants have some serious confidence built up right now and dayball is a legit Dude, um, he has completely turned the Colts around of this Giants team. And in these games, Giants minus three at home, I love the Giants here. I think you absolutely hammer the Giants here. I don't think there's any reason why Goff can go on the road here. What was the stat you alluded to last week, Blaine, with Goff playing on the road? I know we picked up a win last oh, week. Oh, and 10 and one. So now he's 110 and one. I think that's going to be 111 and one after this week. I think they line up with Saquon and run all over the Lions here in front of a New York crowd who presumably will be very fired up. Johnny? Temperatures in this game will be right around freezing. I'm just not betting on on Goff in those spots. Yes, it worked out last week, but it was accompanied by 
the Bears just absolutely shitting the game away. Um, and so, I, again, the Lions are just the kid that I want to, like, shove, shove into a locker or, like, you know, give him a, a wedgie. So I, I'm not betting on the Lions here. Um, again, I don't, I don't, I don't love the Giants. I mean, I can't believe they're seven and two. Props to them. Props to Dable. You know, I think a lot of the struggles that we're seeing uh, in Buffalo by Josh Allen are uh, you can attribute to Dable no longer being in the building. You know, we've seen a lot of Josh Allen reverting to some of these tendencies he had when he first came into the league to make some bad throws or some questionable decisions and. Yeah, D- Dable is the right hire. We've been saying that for a long time. Dable's a good a good coach, and uh, I think the Giants will win this game. Yeah, I'll take them on the three, and you know, of course, the money line. But I, I'm just so done talking about the Lions. Dan Campbell is just he. I used to be like big into Dan Campbell with hard knocks and stuff. He legit is annoying. Some story came out today that when he was interviewing for an assistant position I think for the Dolphins when Brian Dable was there like the tight end coach something like that he was like punching holes in the drywall in his interview and smashing tables okay dude we get it calm the fuck down Dan Campbell I'm just I'm sick of the Lions that was Dan Campbell's first road victory of his career last week it's not going to be two on Sunday you just think a guy like Dan Campbell would be able to have a competent rush defense, and they don't at all. They've given up the second most yards on the ground to any team in the NFL. And you're about to see Saquon Barkley. I would argue one of the best, if not the best, running backs in the NFL right now. Three just player of the year candidates. Oh, yeah. Massive comeback player of the year candidate. We'll probably win it. Three is just egregious. Like, I, I, you know, the Lions play everybody close. That's why this line's low. They haven't, they haven't been really blown out a ton this year. But when I look at just the lines of, of, of what the Lions don't do well, man, they got a young linebacking core that can't stop the run. And if you can get Saquon going, which the Giants will in a cold game, the Giants' defense has been really good this year, too. It, it, it just all plays with the Giants' hands. I think if you, you have Saquon, I mean, you might win in fantasy this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think this is the second stinky tag I'm going to place on the Week 11 slate. The Carolina Panthers travel to take on the Baltimore Ravens coming off of a win against the Atlanta Falcons, that being the Carolina Panthers. Um, Baltimore, I believe, off of a bye here. I don't believe they played last week, if I have my notes correct. correct. Um, Baltimore in in the national media must have been listening to the Figure It Out pod here recently and taken my advice because Baltimore is becoming a more and more legit uh, contender here, in my opinion, and a really, really solid team. And I absolutely love the addition of Roquan Smith. I think that fits their personality perfectly. Um, it's Baltimore minus 13, and I don't even really hesitate at that. I think they're going to kill the Panthers, um, and and that's why it's stinky. It's not stinky from the fact that the Ravens stink. It's because I think the Carolina Panthers are that bad, and the Ravens are hitting their stride at the right time. I think Lamar could run for 200 yards in this game, in my opinion. So I'm going to go Baltimore here with no sweat. Um, I, I doubt either of you talked me out of that, but we'll see what you guys say. Johnny? 
Temperature at kickoff in Baltimore is going to be 37 degrees, or, you know, that's what they're saying. So it'll be around 40 degrees, so weather won't be an issue. I believe Baker Mayfield starting this game for the Carolina Panthers. P.J. Walker has a high ankle sprain. There are reports coming out that some of the players were hoping it would have been Sam Darnold. There was a video that came out last game of Baker, like, headbutting players with helmets on. Baker is I mean, in there with Dan Campbell with, for me, he is so fucking annoying. And like, he is so not cool. Like no, no one likes this guy. He needs to just fucking move on and go to the XFL already or something like get Baker the hell out of here. And um, I love Baltimore here. I've said it before. I, I don't like betting home favorites with numbers like this. Um, that, that That's not the case here. I think Carolina is, is going to get blown out. If you are a complete psycho and I, you think Carolina wins this game, plus 490. I haven't seen a number – I haven't seen many numbers like that this year. 490 on the money line if you're a complete psychopath. I am not. Dude, this might uh, – 13 is huge for Baltimore. Baltimore, when have they blown out a team where you're like, wow, Baltimore's won this game in the first half? Like, I I mean, maybe when I was in my cradle. Saints. Baltimore, let, hold on, hold on. Baltimore has had a double-digit lead in every single game this year. They should have killed Miami. Out. Oh, should have, should have, should have, should have, should have, should have. But what happens? Their pass defense sucks. And if DJ Moore can catch a 70-yard pass once or twice from Baker, who Baker went two touchdowns, no interceptions, you get the Bengals, which Bengals, whatever. But, like, 13, guys, 13. You know how far it is from Charlotte to Baltimore? Like, three hours? I mean, this is just a short road up for Carolina at a noon slate. It's going to be sleepy. It's going to be not fun for either of these teams. Baltimore knows they should kill them. Carolina has a little bit of a chip. Maybe they don't care because Baker sucks. Yes, I get it. But 13, I'm not taking 13 by anything. I'll go for DJ Moore to have a few touchdowns just out of the whim, you know, and, and keep it. 13. A few touchdowns? 13. Yeah, fuck it. Give me it. You know, Baker sucks. But come on, DJ. Uh, what he's having. Egregious, yes. I have uh, had five beers. But uh, 13? I I don't disagree with you, and that maybe kind of makes me upset, but I do disagree with you that Charlotte is only three hours away from Baltimore. I'm thinking north of five hours. It's like four states in between there, Blaine. You're right. It, it's it's a flight. But I you, 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 you know, know sure. but what's what's really geography? Three hour day? drive or one hour flight. You it's know? not really it's not even really real. So Baltimore is the play here. Blaine does make a decent point. Uh, 13 is a lot, but I don't have any trouble with that. Washington it's a six hour and 47 minute. Blaine, it's 445 miles. What, That's what, fair. What, what, <laughs> and Baltimore's coming off of a bye. Sorry, okay, I did. I, I did get an A in geography in undergrad. I'll say I, I am. I am actually shockingly to you guys. I'm a huge geography nerd, but I have. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to go on the rant. Huge geography going. nerd and missed it by three hours. My yeah. team, I'll say, so I'm on a national, Kansas City, Charlotte, and Baltimore are, are our three headquarters, and it doesn't take long for the people in Charlotte to get to Baltimore, but it takes me a long time, so that's where I was a little misconstrued. It's an hour flight. <laughs> few, uh few more states away, Missouri is, than Maryland, but um, moving Not forward, Charlotte. the Washington Commanders travel to take on the Houston Texans. Commanders, 
three wins in a row. Shout out to the Commanders and Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is starting. We need the Commanders to win a lot of football games for this podcast. And I don't think they slowed down this week in Houston. Nothing about this Commanders team tells me that they can't handle a game in which they should win on the road against an inferior opponent. I love the Commanders here. This team loves Heineke. I would be surprised if Wentz starts the rest of the year. Chase Young activated off IR. He's back this week. I think they absolutely gobble up the Texans. I use the word gobble. Thanksgiving right around the corner. Gobble up some turkey. Gobble up some Texans. Gobble them up, Commanders. I love the Commanders here. Minus three on the road, Blaine. You look like you agree with me. And you know oh. what? I actually don't love it because Blaine and I are really agreeing, and he has yet to piss me off, Blaine. No, and I'm not going to because, man, you you made me the happiest man on the earth when both of you flipped Commanders preseason, and I said, this is a playoff team. And I have not strayed from it. I've been a believer. Carson Wentz went down, and Heineke's won a few games. I've stayed, I've stayed, I've stayed, and here's the game where my flag just plants. They beat the Commanders by two scores, or they beat the Texans by two scores. You're starting to look at the Commanders after beating Philadelphia. Some games coming up, obviously, in the division. Here's a chance to get hot and continue to stay hot. Momentum with Riverboat Ron. I just think this is a huge game for the Commanders to go out there, win by two scores, and, and plant that flag. I, I I love it for the Commanders. I love it for the pod. Let's go, Washington. Come on, Manders. Yeah. When did Heineke start playing this year? Was it like three weeks, four weeks ago? He's 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 three and one, right? He lost to the Vikings, right? Oh. So he's three and one. Oh. Um, and remember before that, uh, and I think you guys knew this, but it, I was talking about how like these guys – Last year, you could tell, too, the, the team loves playing for Heineke. Like, he just is not going to wow you with talent. Like, he had a couple really nice throws uh, in that game against the Eagles, but he didn't throw for a touchdown. He didn't throw for an interception. Um, he, he he just is a, a gamer, and, and I, I think he can do enough here. The only thing that I could see, guys, and I, I'm with you on the commanders here, like – does is there a chance that Taylor Heineke rears his career backup self? Like this guy was a quarterback in the XFL. Like, is there a is there a chance that a disaster happens on the road here? Like that's you know like it's it's very seldom that a a football team wins one game in a season. So like, do the Texans have a chance here to like just sneak one? at home in a game where maybe Heineke has like two picks and a fumble or something like that. That's the only thing that's going through my head on the negative side. I'm with you. I like commanders minus three, um, but just be careful about something uh, like that. And you mentioned that Heineke was on uh, Chandler mentioned Heineke was on Pat McAfee. Did you see what he said when he was signing off? He was like, I'm just going to throw in a zin, a couple zins or something like couple that. He was zinning. For the boys. I'm oh. telling you, there is, something, there is something about your quarterback that no matter what, if you believe in him, you have a chance. If you rally for him, you have a chance. There's just something about a guy that everybody in the locker room likes that you're going to go out there and you feel like you have a chance to win for the entire 60 minutes, no matter the score and no matter the situation. 
guys, and I think you don't understate Jahan Dotson being back is big for them to be able to do a lot of things. They can spread it out and throw the football across the yard with Curtis Samuel has been really good for them this year. And obviously McLaurin has been amazing. Brian Robinson had a touchdown last week that was, you know, put his arm across the the goal line that was amazing. I mean, they have weapons that we talked about early. That's the reason we picked them. Those weapons are showing up, and Heineke is getting them the ball. It's scary with Chase Young being back. I love it. I love it. The, the commanders have nasty weapons. I mean, they really yes. do have some underrated weapons. Terry McLaurin is a, I mean, what, top seven receiver, top eight receiver in the league for sure. Dog. So I love the commanders. Quick Bears update. Horrible possession by the Bears on offense. Goes back down the floor. Thought it was a clean block. Saw that was not a foul. Called a foul. They go to the under four media timeout. Up three, 32-29. BYU will be shooting free throws out of the timeout. Let's move forward. Third stinky tag of the slate. And I absolutely love placing it on this matchup. The Las Vegas Raiders take on the Denver Broncos in Denver. This game flat out sucks. And I think it could be a very high-scoring game. Um, given what their last matchup was as well. Mind you, they put up a ton of points in this last game, last matchup. Josh Jacobs went absolutely off in this game the last time these two teams played. And he has every single time they played throughout his career. This has been his best game, his best matchup for his whole career. And I think that the Raiders are a better football team than Denver. I really do. Um, Throw the records out the window in a divisional matchup, and either team can win. Denver minus two and a half, I believe Johnny said. I think that has to do with them being at home here. I think the Raiders win this game, and I think they can win it by seven or more. Denver sucks. Denver is so bad, and and I don't know. I don't know how they score. They can't score any other time of the year unless they play the Raiders. So I guess maybe you put in a little stock into that. I take the Raiders to win outright here. Take them with the number. Raiders all day, and it pains me to say it, but I think the Raiders get a big win here for their season. Is it Johnny or Blaine? I'm so fired up right now. I love this podcast so much. I don't remember who goes. So why don't Blaine, why don't you take it over here? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That, I mean, that's totally fine. It just, I mean, I want to take Denver because their secondary is really good. I mean, their defense has been amazing. We I sent a stat in the chat that if Denver averaged 18 points a game, they are eight and one. I mean, you have to score two touch three touchdowns and you're eight and one. And you can't do it. The thing I'm I'm worried about here is I think Denver's secondary can shut Adams down without yet Adams down. Oh God, with, Adams. Yeah, with no Waller, obviously. And this, you know, the Raiders' offense. Josh McDaniels hasn't been able to do anything. I mean, it's been a, an absolutely horrific season for that offense that has a lot of weapons, and the Raiders in general, who could be good. They, I mean, they're two and seven. But Russell Wilson has had three touchdowns to three interceptions in his last four games. So what do you do? I mean, do you take the Broncos' defense or do you take Russell Wilson? I mean, it's a double-edged sword that you have no – no. I mean, the only thing I have here is that Denver's playing at home in a divisional game, and that's why I'm going Denver. That's it. I I, I, I have a hard time betting anyway, but I, I think Denver at home is the right play. Before Johnny goes, too, I actually do really like uh, Foster Moreau. I know he's no Darren Waller. 
Right. But he is a decent tight end, and he yep. can get the job done in Darren Waller's absence, Johnny. Waiver wire before Johnny. Good point to maybe pick him up if he's not on a roster. Waiver wire fantasy point. Great, yep. great job there. Uh, Raiders plus 130 on the money line is the play for me. I uh, Denver hasn't – I mean, you should be able to throw on the Raiders – and you shouldn't be able to score on the Broncos because of their great defense. Well, these teams already matched up one time this year in Vegas, and the Raiders won 32-23. to 23. What's hilarious is that 23-point output is the most points that the Broncos have scored in a game this season, 23. And they lost that game. So I think – I, I don't see any reason why I don't want to bet on the Raiders here. Derek Carr was crying in his post game. It's coming out that like Mark Davis is backing um, Mark Davis is backing uh, Josh McDaniels as like they have faith in this guy. And then there was a report I read today that they can't fire him because of the money they'd have to pay him because they're so cash poor. I don't, I don't know what to believe. All I know is that both of these teams are in the season from hell and I absolutely love it. It makes me so happy. But I really do think the Raiders are a better team than Denver. So give me them plus 130. And I, I don't know. I think it would really be hilarious if this game ended in a tie. They asked Nathaniel Hackett in the media session today, you know, his thoughts on the game. And I'm not kidding. He said, quote, somebody has to win this game. The very <laughs> inspiring <laughs> – very inspiring wow. words from Nathaniel Hackett. Um, and so with him saying somebody has to win this game, I, I now am rooting for chaos and hope it ends in a tie. If that's all you have to say in a press conference to be an NFL head coach, hell, we're going to the Hall of Fame, boys. Because, hell, I could say that in front of a bunch of cameras. Jesus Christ. Um, at halftime, Missouri State trails 36-35 to the BYU Cougars in Provo, Utah. I like it. Decent half. Yeah. All, to, all to play for in the second half, all you can ask for in the first 20 minutes of a basketball game. Now, we move forward to what I believe the listeners are going to love to hear. Um, Huge matchup for the Figure It Out pod here. Dallas Cowboys travel north to take on the Minnesota Vikings. The 8-1 Minnesota Vikings. <sighs> I think that I have to give some sort of kudos to Blaine for sticking with the insanity of liking this team for the entire season. Um, this Vikings team is finding ways to win games. I will say that. But even so, an epic collapse from the Buffalo Bills, horrible mistakes from Josh Allen, two crucial picks, and I haven't even mentioned fumbling it on a simple under center exchange to win the game. And I still haven't even mentioned that if Justin Jefferson doesn't make the best catch of the entire sports history to extend the game, they lose this game and everybody still loves Buffalo. But yet the Vikings still find a way to win this football game last week in Buffalo. Um, I, 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 it's going to be tough for me to pick against them. I'm going to pick against them. Dallas is favored on the road against the quote-unquote second-best 
possibly first best team in the NFC. There's a reason why this Minnesota Vikings team cannot go far because Kirk Cousins is simply not good. He did not win this game against Buffalo. He had a prayer to Justin Jefferson that extended the game. He gets down to the goal line in overtime, and the first play to try and win the game in overtime, he takes the snap and he falls down. He tripped over his own offensive lineman. They had to settle for a field goal to give the Buffalo Bills a chance to even win the game. It's He's not good. He had a touchdown and two picks and 357 yards. I don't know how you can write about that and say, hey, this guy's a pretty damn good quarterback now. That's a pretty good stat line. If that's Patrick Mahomes, if that's Lamar Jackson, hell, we just saw Josh Allen do something like that, and they're getting crucified. And yet this guy somehow figures out a way to to evade the media scrutiny. And and if I'm the only one that is going to scrutinize this guy, so be it. I'm all for it. He stinks. Give me the Cowboys and a bounce-back game that got embarrassed in Green Bay. They go back north, and they defeat the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Give me the Cowboys, Blaine. I dare you to try and tell me I'm wrong, because I'm not. I didn't say one lie. Go ahead, Blaine. You didn't say one lie, but you just saw the Dallas Cowboys give up three touchdowns to a guy who has been a scrum of a rookie in Christian Watson. And you're going to tell me the best wide receiver in football in Justin Jefferson, who is coming off the best game, arguably, that any wide receiver has ever had in the NFL in its entirety of its phenomenal years of being an NFL National Football League is not going to be good. I mean, okay, Kirk Cousins might be mediocre. Okay, he might be this, that. Kirk Cousins wins football games. And when he has Thielen, when he has Cook, when he has Jefferson, when he has these guys, mind you, Hawkinson is an addition too. These guys are better than the Dallas Cowboys. Kirk Cousins, I'm not sitting here glowing the guy, thinking that, oh my God, he's one of the best quarterbacks ever in the NFL. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. No, I don't. I think he can throw the ball to his receivers very accurately, very well. He has a cannon of an arm, and he can do what he needs to do to win football games. And I've said this for weeks and weeks and weeks, that this Minnesota Vikings defense is good enough to continue to win football games. They've made great additions on their line, great additions in the secondary. And those weapons, plus Kirk, plus this defense, they're 8-1 for a reason. They're 8-1 because that's kind of what I predicted early in the year, and that's what's going to continue to happen. They are one of the best teams in the NFC. And Chandler, I haven't seen a ranking in the NFL across power rankings where the Minnesota Vikings aren't top three in the NFL. Do you have anything to say about the Vikings being the top three team in the NFL right now? Anything? Yeah, I've already said it. I'm the only one that scrutinizes this team. It doesn't make any sense. What are people seeing? Well, they're saying that they're 8-1 and and they'd just be one of the best football teams in America. Johnny, please, you know what? As you always do so eloquently and so awesomely, please be the great equalizer here. 
and and tell us where either of us are wrong or right or or whatever you need to say. Be the yeah, dad. Gladly. Be be the dad in this situation, please. And please pick the Cowboys. Just just for my love. I mean, I would love to have a seven o'clock where the Vikings win by fourteen, and both of you guys take the Cowboys. Do it, please. I knew that would be a nice back and forth, so I went and poured myself a bowl of Frosted Flakes while you guys oh, were doing that. So. that's an elite snack. <laughs> it's a dad snack. Okay, so uh, where, where Blaine is wrong is where he said that Kirk has a cannon of an arm. You know damn well that's not true. And where Chandler is wrong is saying that he, when you're saying the Vikings stink – Chandler, I disagree that the Vikings stink. I I don't think Kirk is good. I don't. And so I guess that's where I'm more on your side. Where I'm more on Blaine's side is when you go through this Vikings roster, they have a lot of good players. Um, you know, the wide receiver room, like we talked about, of course, Jefferson and, and Thielen. Now the tight end room is really good with, you know, Hawkinson had 45 yards, but it was, he had seven catches. You know, Kirk likes to find somebody in those short routes, and Hawkinson's already been that guy in just a couple of games. Of course, Dalvin Cook in the running back room. They like to use C.J. Ham. Alexander Madison's a great guy to, to – uh, when when Cook needs a blow on the sideline, he can come into the game and he can just replace him. And they look exactly alike, too, by the way. I, I have a hard time telling when it's Madison and Cook out there. They have, like, the same hair, too. Yeah. So and um two and four, just like. Yeah. Offense, offensive line, they did a great job in the draft taking Christian Derrissaw. Um, he, he's been really good for them. And so, like, they, they've gotten better. Kevin O'Connell has shown he can do some good things as a coach. I mean, they're eight and one. So, like, I – and then on defense, of course, right, you know, I, I, Patrick Pearson had a great game, Harrison Smith, Kendricks. Um, what's the – is it Calavion, Chason, Daniil, Hunt, Daniil Hunter? Anyways, they – oh, Zadarius Smith, that's what I'm thinking of. And so, the, yeah, the Vikings, I think, are good. It's just I think ultimately the ceiling for this team – in January is is limited with Kirk Cousins. They do have the benefit of the NFC being weak, and I actually think it's egregious that they are getting a point and a half at home here, um, and that Dallas is favored by one and a half. So, sorry, Chandler, I'm I'm taking Minnesota plus one and a half here. I I, I just think that I I, I don't know. I, I think this. I think we're gonna work. This will be the classic move by me to take the one and a half, and then if Kirk shits down his leg and they lose this game, then, well, that's okay, too. Yeah, and it, it, it's bound to happen at some point. I'm not sitting here glowing, Kirk Cousins. I never have. But I've oh, always okay. – No, no, I've no, I've always said – We cannot go on. Stop! I've always said he's a top-ten quarterback in this league, and he is. But there's a point to where – a quarterback at the top, you know, you have these amount of weapons. I mean, I don't care how good you are. I mean, you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson, and Dalvin Cook. You're going to be fine every week of the year. And he can sling the rock. I mean, he's top 10 in scoring offense, seventh in passing yards. They have the third most rushing touchdowns. Their defense forces the second most turnovers in the league. They do right things right. And I said it at the start of the year, O'Connell and this offense is going to make this offense better. It has. They're scoring the most they have in 20 years, and they're going to continue to score more than they have in the history of this program. And they're fine. They're going to win more and more. 
Now, I will say this, my final point, I do I do believe that it is egregious that they are not favorites at home. Um, that number doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but Vegas is smart. I'm smart. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, well, smart normally wins. Uh, Dallas all the way here. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, AFC North divisional matchup awesome game in my opinion tj watt back for the black and gold here um jamar chase so far questionable they're hoping to get him back i think they might try to play him but with kansas city around the bend here i think they'd be really smart to not play him against a team that they are much better than just overall flat out because pittsburgh's offense kenny pickett stinks um he's been thrusted in far too fast and it's really not his fault either it's pittsburgh just as an organization's fault um and that doesn't bode well for me in my opinion for this bank or for this pittsburgh team i do think cincinnati wins this game unless tj watt kind of like when they played it the first time unless he can just take over this game Cincinnati's offensive line is not very good, and it wasn't good last year, and they went out and tried to rebuild it and revamp it. And as we've seen so far, Burrow is under a lot of distress all at all times. Um, that Monday night game against the Browns really sticks out in my head uh, when you talk about the Cincinnati team because Burrow was under all sorts of pressure. And Pittsburgh's front, I mean, Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt, they kind of cancel each other out in terms of talent because they're both elite. But I would give the edge to TJ Watt. If he can get the crowd involved, um, Akrasure Stadium, no longer Heinz Field. Don't really know what that's about. I forgot about that up until this point. Um, but I think that crowd can get nasty, and TJ Watt can make this game nasty. And I think it's close till the end, but I'm going to take the Bengals. It's the smarter play. Their offense is better at the end of the day than Pittsburgh, and and I think it's the Bengals here. Johnny? I really wish Blaine went first on this one because I don't really have a great lean. This is the game that was supposed to be on Sunday Night Football, but it got flexed out because the Chiefs and Chargers got moved there. I, I, so, so that obviously tells you that, that the market does not want to have Kenny Pickett on prime time, like the guys who are making the schedule. So I, I agree. I don't think he's very good. My only, I guess, Blaine, like kind of lean towards Pittsburgh here is that like we're seeing like AFC North football is is not kind to the Bengals, it seems like. Like this this physical, violent bully ball style that these AFC North teams play, it just seems like the Bengals aren't aren't doing great against that. And maybe that's just that this offensive line in Cincinnati is just not very good. And so like, yeah, if the if the offensive line for the Bengals didn't hold up against the Browns I on the road, I don't know. I something about the Steelers plus four is enticing. Mike Tomlin's 17 three and three uh in his career against the spread as a home dog. So, you know, he was a home dog. He was 16, three and three last week and, and they, they were, they won. So I don't know. I, let, let me hear what you got to say, Blaine, because I'm, I'm really not, not sure. Yeah. I think Watt is a massive factor in how good the Steelers are. We've seen that all year long. And one of my hottest takes of all year was week one. I mean, I, I stepped down on a ledge 
that the Steelers were going to beat the Bengals, and they did. Why? Because Watt and Fitzpatrick were unreal. I would would Burrow through three interceptions, four interceptions that game, and no, I'm not predicting that here. But it, it, like you said, Chandler, the Bengals just seemingly in this division, these games are close, and they're really fun to watch. Like I, if it weren't for the Chiefs in that Sunday night game, I still think this could be fun even with Kenny Pickett. Like this is a really fun matchup especially, you know, looking back to week one. But, you know, I, I just got to look at the Bengals. Like, nothing impressive since, what? Uh, I mean, they lost to the Ravens in that horrible game in October. They barely beat the Saints. Obviously, they blew up the Falcons. And they lost to the Browns in a bad game without Jamar Chase for the first time. And then the Panthers, obviously, they they, they handled the Panthers. Um, but coming off a bye, what are they going to look like? Are, are they going to be better and have a better scheme without Jamar? Because I, I truly don't think Jamar plays here. But if Jamar doesn't, can Mixon get going? You know, it, it, it really is a very unknown for me about the Bengals. I have no idea who they're going to look like because they didn't look good against the Browns. They got right against the Panthers. Mixon finally went off for the first time in however many weeks. If Mixon can get going, they're going to be great, and they beat the Steelers handily. But I really don't like that. Steelers at home. Steelers are, you know, they've been playing a lot of teams tough. Saints beat the Saints last week. Eagles played close enough. Dolphins by six beat the Bucks. I mean, this is a four-point game. It's a right line, and I think I'm going to go Steelers to keep it within three. Yeah, I, 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 I just – don't want to sorry Chandler. I just don't want to bet on I don't want to bet on yeah. the Bengals if they don't have Chase. Right. So that's like that's that's the big thing. Now I don't think the Steelers are gonna have Minka. Did you guys see that Minka Fitzpatrick had to have mm-hmm. an emergency appendectomy? Yeah. So yep. Yep. I don't I, call. I, I haven't seen anything this week. So I mean I, I think Minka Fitzpatrick's a first ballot no, Hall of Famer, so it would be nice to have him. It's okay. Huge. So if he's out, then that's that's huge. big. So yeah, this this game's really tough. I think I'll say just Pittsburgh plus four, but and, yeah, and the uh, the the Bengals are wearing those all white uniforms, the white helmets, kind of kind of candy ass. Is yeah, it kind of? It is kind of. I think I they're. Agree. I think but, they're sick, but Mike Tomlin thinks they're candy ass. Yeah, but you make a good point. Minka Fitzpatrick is that big of a difference. I mean, he he's one of the best players in football, one of the best safeties in football, and I, and I think uh, the Steelers are different without him. As if JJ Watt wasn't there. I mean, you can't. If one of the two aren't there, the Steelers aren't as good. And two games left on the slate here. So I'd like to take a quick little snippet here and talk about something that's been going around the league in terms of, of the playing surfaces. And Pittsburgh's a great example. Everybody's wanting all these grass fields. And when you look around the league at some of the grass fields that are in the north, the Bears field looks awful. The Steelers field looks horrible last week against the Saints. I'm not for sure really why players – I know that they talk about getting caught on the turf all the time or whatever, but it's difficult to take care of some of these fields, and they they don't look like they're in great shape. Titans field looked horrible against Denver too. So something to keep your eye on when we when those those uh, conversations are circling around the league. It is it that much better? I don't know. I don't really want to be playing on – you know, you, we think about the Raiders field with a dirt infield. I mean, you're kind of playing on that when the grass starts getting cold, doesn't grow. Um, just a completely random thought pops in my head. But I remember watching the Steelers play the Saints last week, and it was just 
that field looked disgustingly bad. So I don't really know what you know what that's all about. But regardless, it's irrelevant, kind of. But I want Johnny. To get I feel like chest. Johnny. I feel like you'd be pretty fast on turf. You can get down. Johnny's fast on turf. I've played him in a good four on four, three on three football games before. Kids fast. Kids got wheels. Kids. It's about all I got, but. Uh, when I was, that's why in high school sports, that's all I had to use. Cause I was like 120, 130 pounds when I graduated, I didn't start lifting weights until after. So that's, I should have done that earlier. I'll have my son start lifting weights earlier than, than I did, but I wanted to chime in on that channel real quick. The players, I agree with you. Cause like you're, you're not going to be able to have a nice grass field in Pittsburgh or Chicago for the entirety of the season. I'm telling you guys, the only solution the absolute solution to this and the NFL would love this. Every single stadium is in, is indoors like Vegas stadium and Vegas has a grass field. It would be an indoor stadium for Houston. everybody. We're seeing that. Yeah. But yeah, is Houston grass? Mm-hmm. You're sure. Okay. That's good. Cause the chiefs play there this year. The chiefs play on turf this weekend, which will have me nervous. I feel like every time the chiefs go to Indianapolis, somebody gets hurt on that turf. I, I think they would rather, you know, I would love to see them all play on grass, but then, you know, we're seeing, you know, that, like I said, the Titans are having a new field, but Buffalo Buffalo's getting yes. a new stadium and they're going to build it outdoors. So that's exactly what I was going to say, Johnny is I, well, one of my best friends at work who I've said this a few times on the pod is a Buffalo diehard. And I, I text him today. I'm like, dude, if you have a dome, this Sunday, and you're about to build a dome. If you were to have a built dome this Sunday, you're not. Yeah, I mean, you you blow out the Browns, and you're favored by 14 instead of eight. I think they're dumb for not building the dome. I think Northern teams have to start doing that. 100. percent Are the Chiefs Northern? No, I, I don't want. I don't want a dome over Arrowhead. That's the thing. It's like I don't want. Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah, I well, love Buff- Arrowhead outdoors in January, yeah. dude. Yeah, because you got to think about it. Like, okay, Miami comes to Arrowhead in January. Chiefs big time because the Dolphins candy ass. You throw a dome over that freaking place. Yeah, I I, just, I also look back to San Francisco Green Bay playoffs last year where we were in downtown Kansas City together, Chandler, and we saw that game be fourteen to ten, and Rodgers couldn't do what he wanted to do. Why would you at Buffalo, if you know you have Josh Allen for many years to come, not build a dome to allow him to do what he can do? But I mean, we're we're getting on a different rant there. Great tangent. Hopefully, the people like that. Hopefully, it causes some debate. Monday night football. Before we circle back around and talk about the Chiefs on Sunday night, Monday night football battle of the NFC West. Speaking of San Francisco, Blaine, San Francisco travels to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals, which. We'll be on Hard Knocks tonight. It should be out right now as we're recording this, um, the in-season edition of the Hard Knocks uh, training camp or whatever they call it. The I guess it's just Hard Knocks in-season. But interesting episode last week for sure. Cardinals are annoying, um, but they seem to have some sort of life with Colt McCoy um, after their win against the Rams. I don't know if it was because the Rams had uh, Wolford or whatever his name is. Um, you know the Cardinals kind of got after him a little bit and the Rams are just kind of completely dead. Um, and I think the Niners are hitting their stride guys. I think they're kind of like the NFC Baltimore. Um, they're 
they've got it figured out. They're getting McCaffrey utilized. They beat the Chargers last Sunday night, which was an awesome game for them. Um, they are going to have a lot of confidence going in there and in a place where Arizona stinks at home. They yeah. are awful in Arizona. It makes no sense. Um, but that will help them this week because the game is in Mexico City. Good point. That's what so, I was going to At altitude, both teams affected. Um, and with that being said, I'm Niners all the way here. I don't think there's much that the Arizona Cardinals can do. And what they do, nothing they do is better than San Francisco. I love Fred Warner. What an unbelievable linebacker. That dude is all over the place. It just goes to show how good the Chiefs are because they neutralized them in that game. I don't remember him making any plays against the Chiefs, but every other game I've watched with the Niners, he is all over the football, man. That dude is fast, physical, and fun to watch. I love the Niners here, Blaine. Talk me out of it if you can. Yeah, same with Bosa, too. I mean, the way they were able to neutralize 49ers' best defenders was awesome, awesome to see. And expose Charvarius. And they did expose Charverius. And as I've been a Charverius guy, I thought Charverius was great for the Chiefs. But, um, man, I'm not, I have not said the same. But, Johnny, I think you're going to love this. And I think that Cliff Kingsbury is soft. I mean, since I watched that first in-season hard knocks, that was the most out I could be on the Cardinals than I have ever been on any team since I have been doing this podcast. I mean, he might as well be a first-round pick with a high salary, being an absolute bro who drinks beers with the guys every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Friday, every night. I mean, he is just his lingo, his aura, his absolute just leadership is not there, and it's horrible. I think what Cliff's doing and what the leadership of the Cardinals are doing just doesn't make sense. The hard knocks made me pissed off that there is an NFL team that is that in that situation in the NFL. I, I mean, I'm out on the Cardinals. I think the 49ers get right. I, I think they win this game by two scores in Mexico. I think the Cardinals are just horrible. And I don't believe anything that the, that the Cardinals are doing. Johnny? Uh, that, that was great. You know, um, I'm never wrong in the first place, but I'm I'm right a lot about a lot of things, guys. And what I was right about was that Cliff is a fake sharp. He, like, the fact that, like, he doesn't have any furniture in his house and, like, <laughs> he doesn't have, like, a, like any kids or a girl. Like, Ew, he's just like that. Yeah. He doesn't that, even br- he, he doesn't even bring any girls home. Like, dude, you got a mansion. He's just... Watching Fountain Top. And that lion photo. Oh, that like big fucking weird. lion thing. What a weird ass. Yeah, he like you have that giant house and you're just a fucking lonely loser in there. Like, and if you look at him like, okay, you know, when he was younger, I'm you know, good looking dude, played in the NFL, probably a great recruiter you know, banging moms in the bathroom at like the recruits house, like banging the daughter <laughs> in her bedroom. Like when the dad's, you know, in the playing basketball on the driveway with his kid, like, you know, nice guy. But uh, if you look <laughs> at him now, the NFL has aged him badly. It looks like he has like some sort of palsy. The side of his face like is messed up. Like it looks like he is just like 
getting three hours of sleep every night and uh, drinking way too much coffee and trying to and Red Bull and trying to stay awake. And the team doesn't like him. There was an interaction between Cliff and Kyler. I believe it was after the Raiders game when they came back and miraculously won. Um, like him and Kyler are like trying to like, roo, you know, rah on the field. Like they just won. They're slapping each other's hands. Like, come on. like yeah. And dude, you can like tell Kyler's like not looking at him in the eyes. Like it's just that, it's just awkward. And we're so used to how like, Mahomes treats Andy Reid like his grandpa and like lo- legitimately loves him when the Chiefs went, won the Super Bowl. Andy Reid kissed Patrick Mahomes like he would kiss his grandson. Gives me goosebumps and makes me tear up just even thinking about it. Cliff is such a fuckboy that nobody likes him. And uh, TV does not do him any justice. And he is on a very short leash in Arizona. San Francisco kills them in this spot. And if I'm Cliff, after I'm fired, I'm not even going back to coach college ball. Just go get a job at Fox. I'm serious. Yeah, just that's a good point. Just, just I mean, Cliff looks a lot like Joel Klatt. He looks a lot like uh, Marty, whatever the hell his name is, the guy who did NASCAR and college football for ESPN. Marty Smith. Like, he's got that. Yeah, Marty Smith. He could be like uh, Jesse Palmer's replacement. Like, yeah. he looks – like the TV personality, just go be on TV. And then you can bring back all the weird prostitutes to your freak show house and watch thriller movies in your movie theater as much as you want. Dude, he is my least favorite coach in the league. I like a lot of natural light in my house, so I have a bunch of windows with no curtains. Or yeah, blinds. I keep my natty light in the fridge, Cliff. Grow the oh, fuck up. Yeah, but he made sure to say that he never sees the light because he's watching film till 10, but they can't score a fucking touchdown with Kyler. Come on. I like, I like going to my movie room where it's dark, but I like a lot of natural light. Here's a good question for you guys before we get into the Chiefs game. If we could have a guest on the Figure It Out podcast, between Cliff Kingsbury or Kyler Murray, who would we pick? And I'll go first. I would pick. Oh I, my god! I Dude, pick, this bad. I would pick Cliff because I think we could have like a bro conversation with him. Whereas yeah. Kyler would like we'd be like what? talking about like a like streaming and like you know what's the new Call of Duty gun everyone's using yeah. dumb yeah. shit like that. Like Cliff, we could at least talk Cliff? about like. We could talk about like beers and like party. I don't know. Maybe Cliff's no, a little with, bit better. With Cliff, we have a ch- with Kyler. He's going to talk to us about like what loadout on Call of Duty is the best, or what perks and attachments to have, or what the campers are doing on on this certain map, or just some bullshit like that. With Cliff, I think there's a chance he would show us some pretty good looking nudes on his phone for from some <laughs> chicks. So like that's if. Just if factoring that in, I'll take Cliff over Kyler because you can't. Kyler is the worst. I'm he. He might be my least favorite quarterback in the league. <laughs> Kyler's camera roll is a lot of boring shit, but his browser history has to be really interesting. I mean, that dude like he's <laughs> just like playing Call of Duty at ten and wanking it at eleven, hundred percent every night of the week. <laughs> Let's get to there. Sunday Night Football. Best matchup of the week. Chiefs travel to the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. 
Um, guys, I haven't been this confident in a game all season. Um, and that has to do with my irrationality wow. ahead of a lot of games. Um, just from being a Chiefs fan and having been one for so long and, and knowing the pain of losing, but I'll start with the Chargers. They flat out stink. Uh, I think they are very inept um, in terms of what they want to do, in terms of their play calling. I don't get it. I know they've been banged up at receiver, but quite frankly, you can give me give me Keenan Allen, give me Mike Williams. They're both going to be back. Keenan hasn't played in forever. Mike Williams hasn't played in forever, and they haven't practiced in forever. There's a lot to say about that in terms of getting on the same page with Herbert, a guy who I think the whole league is seeing it, has been wildly overrated. This guy has done nothing in this league. Their defense, Derwin James is obviously a guy. Like, there isn't any if ands, or buts about it. He's a freak and a tough matchup for Travis Kelsey every time we play him. But outside of that, I'm not really terrified at all. Um, I think we're going to be able to do really whatever we want on the turf in SoFi and I think this is the this this is the most confident I've ever been as of right now as we're recording this podcast. And for that, that scares me, but not really. Um, I'm so out on the Chargers. I think they are the biggest fraud franchise in the history of the NFL. It's year in, year out. They're going to be unbelievable. They're going to be the best team ever. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to win the AFC West. And it fails and fails and fails and fails. And this Chiefs team could not have more confidence, could not be more re- ready to play this game. And and it's the exact opposite for the Chargers. I mean, Staley in his press conference, he's a turd. I can't wait to hear what Johnny has to say about him. It's the Chiefs all the way for me. I don't think we have to spend that much time about it outside of just talking because – it's the Chiefs for me. Blaine, let's start with you. We'll work our way to Johnny. Yeah, and I, I think it's the Chiefs too. I don't think it's going to be like a 14, 20-point blowout because it never has been right in L.A. But, you know, Mike Williams makes a difference. Keenan Allen makes a difference. I think this offense looks a lot better than they have over the last handful of weeks. I, just, it, I mean, it's just simple math. But when I, when I started to think about this game and, and getting ready for this pod – I mean, Brandon Staley went to the point to talk about his depth and the fact that they have to make acquisitions, people outside of their organization, to come play for them after the trade deadline to build depth on their defense. I just think that the Chiefs can, you know, you get Pacheco going last week. Juju might not play. That's okay. But you get Tony going. There's there's enough there for the Kansas City Chiefs offensively to get going and if there's guys like Derwin James can't do enough against Travis what can everyone else do against the Chiefs offense I, I, I'm all in on Chiefs five and a half there's a reason that line's low it's because the AFC West but in LA Sunday night football Chiefs roll I love the Chiefs uh, I saw this Brandon line Staley earlier stinks. sorry Johnny he does. He does. He, and I, you know, we, Johnny, before you go, I just want to apologize to all the listeners of the Figured Out Pod. And I haven't done this all year yet, but I felt like it's the right time for me to do it. Is that I was high on the Chargers early. That was clear. 
The Brandon Staley Blaine Chargers. The Blaine Staley Chargers. Don't throw Brandon in here. Put your first name on it, son. I want. I. I I'm fully apologizing here. In the Chiefs' role, in that coffin has nails in it, and I'm going to put four or five more nails in that coffin Sunday night. Love it. Johnny, go ahead. I promise no more interruptions. <laughs> You're good. No, I love it. Uh, of course, I have a ton to say, so I'll fly through it. The Chargers are on Sunday night football for the second game in a row, and they completely embarrassed themselves last week, scoring, what, like 16 points or something like that, maybe not even that much, and then, you know, against a 49ers team that the Chiefs absolutely shithoused. And uh, I – I – I'm I'm having a tough time with this line because I did see it at six and a half earlier today and now it's at five and a half. So it looks like some people are some of the money's already coming in. So I I I think the Chiefs are going to win, obviously. My gut says the Chiefs are going to blow them out. I just want to maybe tamper my expectations just a little bit, and this is the reason why. There's a lot of injuries at play in this game. Chargers side, we already talked about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Both were limited participants today in practice. Mike Williams was asked if he is going to play on Sunday. He said, quote, maybe. Keenan Allen was asked if he is going to play on Sunday. He said, quote, I hope so. So even if they go, they're not 100%, right? And I like I like that as a Chiefs fan, right? Like, they're – you know, I don't ever want guys to get like seriously injured, but if they're a little hobbled up, that helps us with our young corners. McDuffie did not play the last time that these teams played each other, and Mike Williams went off. So it'll be good to have McDuffie uh, in the secondary for the Chiefs. Uh, also, DeAndre Carter and Gerald Everett were limited participants today on the Chargers side. But on the Chiefs side, Nicole DNP, Juju DNP. MVS, DNP. Um, Juju's obviously in concussion protocol. McColl has an abdomen illness. I mean, he might be like bad. Like he might actually have a, like a tummy issue. Like he might have the flu pretty bad or something. And uh, MVS also illness. So maybe there's a little bit of a bug going around. Keep that shit away from Patrick. But if, if those guys or some of those guys cannot go, we have seen what Derwin James can do against Travis Kelsey. So maybe that's why this line's getting a little bit closer because can the Chiefs blow the Chargers out if their cast of weapons are Kelsey with Derwin James and then your receivers are Kadarius Tony, Justin Watson, and Sky Moore? And then, of course, Pacheco in the back. But I think that's why Vegas has this line kind of strange. So I think the Chiefs are I, – I, I, my gut says the Chiefs are going to blow them out because they're a, a vastly better football team. But the injuries are certainly something to monitor as we go throughout this week. Last thing I'll say, too, is there is – Patrick Mahomes aside, there is one insane – advantage that the Chiefs have in this game and it is Chris Jones versus the Chargers offensive line the Chargers offensive line is completely depleted interior pressure affects all quarterbacks but interior pressure has really been getting to uh, Justin Herbert 
Chris Jones versus this interior. Chris Jones is playing defensive line, not only the best defensive tackle, he's playing as the best defensive lineman in all of football. Seven sacks through nine games. Chris Jones could be a huge, huge X factor in this game for the Chiefs. And um, man, I'm I'm really excited for this game. I, it's my favorite broadcast team, Tariko and Collinsworth. Sunday night football is my favorite way to watch because we're going to have a whole day of red zone that I don't have to even think about the Chiefs. And then the, the nightcap is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs roll here. And uh, I absolutely love it. And one thing to allude to as well, we talk about the injuries. This Chiefs defense is 100% healthy. 100%. Frank Clark yeah. Who is that? Yeah, is back this week, fresh two week, essentially a two week mini buy for the guy, um, and he had played one of his best games I'd ever remember him playing against the Niners. So yeah. it's yeah. Uh, we haven't been able to talk about a Chiefs defense in the Patrick Mahomes era that gets us this excited. I can't wait to see what they do. Like I said in my opening of this game, give me Keenan. Give me Mike Williams. I love what Johnny said, even if they do go. And and I do think that maybe their press conference, I think that's a little bit of lip service. I think that, you know, you're not going to tell a rival when they've been out for so long, are you going to play? I really don't think you're going to come out and say, oh, I'm 100% in. I think that that is some some gamesmanship. And I don't, you know, that's what it is. It is what it is. Um, but like you said, Johnny, even if they do go, that I love what you said about Chris Jones. This Chiefs defense, I freaking love it, man. I love yeah. this defense. It's the best defense we've seen since Patrick Mahomes has been under center. Yeah. Now, Wiley full practice and no Bosa. Man, Bosa was so good. Bosa and Mack on yeah. both sides created havoc the first time these two played early in the season. Without Bosa, maybe you can limit Mack and you can do more things offensively. I think it's a little bit different offense that the Chiefs have compared to what the Chargers are going to put on the field defensively. I like that matchup. And and to go farther off your point, Blaine, last week against the Niners, what did the Chiefs do against Garoppolo? Ate him up. Got yep. all over him. Chargers, yep. virtually no pressure. I don't remember Garoppolo being under that much duress on Sunday night. It, if they can't get to Mahomes, I don't see how they stop us, even with Derwin, Derwin James. I really yeah, don't. It, and to the opposing, I mean, Herbert hasn't been the same since we injured his ribs early in the year he has not and i don't think he will continue to be obviously williams and allen could be a difference but it, it'll be interesting to see how injuries play out this thing yep i love it awesome episode johnny why don't you take us away johnny's final thoughts segment um what do you got for us this week before we wrap up the show yeah, final Chiefs thought, too, I would just say is I hope they run the ball like they did last week, like six, yep. 16 rushes for Pacheco. Like, I want that many rushes for him. String together another running, uh, successful running game because you can do that against the Chargers. Final thought, quickly, listen to us this Friday on the radio on 96.9 The Jock here in Springfield from 4 to 6. You can listen to that um, on on the radio here in town, or you can stream it online um, at 969thejock.com. Uh, a lot of fun there and, and and should be some more fun on Friday. The final thought, it also relates to the Chiefs as well. We talked all the time about how how did Brady get away for for 20 years in the AFC East with these teams that just couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't they they just couldn't get over the hump and beat the Patriots. The the Brady's record against the division was so good. 
Uh, I'm drawing a parallel to the AFC West now because this division was supposed to, they dev- they devoted so many resources to the AFC West for the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. And again, these shitty franchises cannot get out of their own way, and it's the Chiefs rising to the top again. Where do these organizations go? Raiders hired a new head coach. They're 2-7 and seven and just lost to, a, to Jeff Saturday and the Colts. Broncos, the lowest scoring offense in the entire league. Really good defense, but they've given $242 million in a five-year contract to Russ. They have new owners that paid $4.5 billion for this franchise because of their belief in Russ. It's already been reported that the team, uh, the physical, the players on the team are not gelling with Russ. Jerry Judy wants out. They traded Bradley Chubb already, and their head coach is going to get fired uh, this year. And if he loses this game to the Raiders, he probably is going to get fired after this game. Um, and then on the Chargers side, they just will always charge her. They got the head coach wrong. They have an amazing quarterback, but they still cannot win games with him. And they still are getting injured more than any other team in the league. I'm drawing a parallel between the Brady years in the AFC East to the Mahomes years in the AFC West. And it should be interesting going forward. Awesome episode, you two. I absolutely love it every week. Awesome, awesome. NFL Week 11 slate in the books. Back next week. We'll have the Chiefs recap for you on Monday. We'll be back for NFL Week 12 recording on Wednesday. You'll hear it on Thursday. Uh, I cannot wait, boys. Go Chiefs, and I'll talk to you guys soon. See you guys.